Welcome to the Valley to Peak Nutrition Podcast. This is episode number three, I believe. The topic that we covered this week was, again, a question from you guys, the listeners, and the folks who have been so gracious to follow us on social media. And that question is, is intermittent fasting as a method of weight loss or in general, the best strategy to take for nutrition? So we'll talk about several things in this episode, like what is intermittent fasting? What's the differences in the hours people fast is one better than the other? And then of course, the main subject that people want to know about is, is this better than any other method? Because there are so many stories floating around of folks who have had tremendous success following this. So we'll dive into that as well as another as well as a host of other topics related to nutrition. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Of course, if you have any questions, you can send those to info at v2pnutrition.com. Enjoy the episode. Back to the third Valley to Peak episode. Far we've covered different topics about is sugar good or bad for you? Do you, how do you go about avoiding it? What's the best way to drop body fat? Third question on the docket is, what are your thoughts on intermittent fasting as a method of weight loss? Which kind of ties into the last episode, but we're going to tackle it separate for good reasons. So my actually, my first question, Lindsay is here with me uh, as well, doing this episode again. What When you think of intermittent fasting, what comes to your mind? <laughs> what I have heard from people who do intermittent fast is... This is the secret. This is how the body was designed to process food and to be healthier. Um, So I don't know a whole lot about it. Um, There's been jokes made about, oh, I sleep for, you know, seven hours a night. I'm really good intermittent faster. It's what I, you know, that's what bedtime is. So I don't know. I don't know much about it other than what I've heard people um, say for their reasoning for trying it. Yeah, so background on intermittent fasting, if for some reason you've never heard of it, it's basically a window of time during the day where you're not having any type of calorie consumption. So, you know, people are still typically drinking water, maybe black coffee, you know, unsweetened tea, some other things, but they're not having any sort of calories. So, you know, no mochas from Starbucks, no actual food, nothing like that. And, you know, really big proponents. Like it's, it's almost like it's your favorite college football team or something like that. Or, or like maybe, you know, your, your team first light camo or your team Sitka and you swear off the other brands or whatever. Like people are very married to their idea and their window of time being the best one. Like, so some of the common ones would be eight, 16, eight, meaning, or I'm sorry, 18, six, 24 hours in a day, 18, six, meaning 18 hours a day, you're fasting six hours a day, you're quote unquote feeding. Uh, Another one would be like 24 or 16 and eight. So there's a couple of different windows there. And the, the numbers typically indicate the number of hours you fast versus the number of hours that you quote unquote eat or you feast or, or, you know, whatever terminology is associated with it. Now, Typically what people want to know is, is this any better method of losing weight any better than another? So very basics, no. 
we'll dive into that a little bit deeper. But the basics of why it's not is, again, it is essentially a way for people to limit the number of calories that they take in in a day in a very simple way. They set up a block of time where they don't eat. They set up a block of time where they will eat. And as you can imagine, if your block of time to eat is only six hours and your normal calorie intake would be 3000, let's say, it's really hard to eat that much food in a six hour window, right? So naturally you are reducing your calorie intake below what it used to be whenever you'd weighed whatever you'd weighed. So you naturally tend to lose weight. Now, again, going back to the previous episode, if this is easier for you to stick to than another approach to trying to reduce your calories, there is nothing on the face of the planet that would tell us that you should not necessarily do it. But it is, in reality, it's no more beneficial than another way. I could see it being a definite plus or like a method worth following if you were like a chronic snacker, which I think certain jobs, certain hobbies. I mean, I don't know that this is probably true of everybody, but we have family members who do sit and have machinery all day. Or I feel like we have quite a few friends who are nurses or doctors where they don't have these, you know, set meal times and they struggle because it's like grabbing quick snacks whenever you can. Typically, not always quick snacks are not... <laughs> low in calories, but sometimes, so I, I could see it being beneficial if you did struggle with, you know, snacking all day long or adding little bits of things throughout your entire day. I mean, what, what is a non-intermittent faster called? Like, what do they think of me? Cause I don't, I mean, I finished eating breakfast. I don't know. Let's just say by nine o'clock, what do they call me from nine to 1130 when I grab something again? Is that what, what's considered intermittent fasting versus just waiting till lunch. Right. That's, and that's, so, I mean, this is this complete personal note. Anytime like you take a simple concept and you start trying to name it and market it drives me insane. That is basically what intermittent fasting is, right? Like this isn't a new deal. There have been people who have said, you know what? I don't really get hungry till noon. So I don't really eat until noon. Well, now all of a sudden you are an intermittent faster when in reality, really all you did was you just kind of waited to eat. So you would be like, you know, non-intermittent faster, I guess. I think, I think the other thing that's good to like, good to, to note out too, is you don't have to be completely adherent to one thing. There could be parts of different pieces when it comes to nutrition that you like, right? Like, so for example, I don't think I've ever actually talked about um, you know, like my own weight loss, but one of the, for lack of a better word, rules that I set up for myself whenever I was losing weight was I basically gave myself four or five times during the day to eat. Now, this was a long time ago. This was whenever I first started trying to lose weight and I, I needed some guidelines. I needed some structure. So I would set up like 4 a.m., which is when I woke up, 8 a.m., noon, 4 p.m., 7 p.m., right? And outside of those times, I did not have any calorie consumption. Now, I can be variable in that now because I understand it a little bit better, but I took pieces of that and realized that one of the biggest issues I had was like what you were talking about. I would walk past the fridge and just grab a slice of pizza because like it sounded good the same way that 
a piece of chewing gum tastes good or whatever. Right. But never realizing that that was significantly increasing my calorie intake for the day. And one of the reasons that I was having such a hard time was weight. Do you know anybody that fasts intermittently fast? Yes. You do? Yes. You don't have to say their name. Who are they? <laughs> How do I tell well, I mean, lip them to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So I think that again, everything goes back to, you have to find something that's going to work the best for you. If intermittent fasting, I mean, I know we're sort of joking, but if that is what works the best for you, and that's the only thing you've ever been able to stick to, that is what you should do. But if you can't for the life of you fathom going 20 hours in a day or 18 hours in a day or an entire day without eating, it's probably not going to be the best for you. I think that joking and banter comes in when we've heard from people that preach this as if it's the only healthy way to do things and have somehow found science to convince others that, you know, having some snack in the afternoon is bad or unhealthy, but, um, I don't know if this, I think it falls under intermittent fasting, something that, um, came up once at a ladies weekend was, I think I'd eaten, I'd eaten something late. I can't remember. I was like, Oh, we stayed up super late to the point I was hungry again after dinner, we'd stayed up till, you know, 2am or something hungry. And I said, Oh, I'm, I'm hungry again. So I went and made something to eat. I said, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you eat and then go to bed. I mean, that's been mentioned multiple times because we eat with our son at I don't know, five, four 35 and he goes to bed earlier. And then we eat again before we go to bed. Um, not a lot, but more than just, you know, an apple. Um, I've had multiple people, oh, I can't believe you do that. I can't believe you would do that. <laughs> With the belief that when you eat and then don't exercise, it just sits there. I think they imagine it just becoming like hundred percent instant fat. It just doesn't ever leave. So is there, is there any validity to that? And is there anything in the body that shows that it is beneficial to, eat and then have long periods of not eating if you're still with an appropriate calorie intake and eating nutritious foods? That is a good, really good question. So yes, she was being guarded to protect us, but, <laughs> uh, you know, like, so me personally, I sleep better. I like going to bed on a full stomach. It's like, I don't know. It's just like the equivalent of having a bowl of soup after being out in the cold all day. My biggest meal of the entire day is usually at 8 30 or 9 PM with over a hundred grams of carbs in it, which is a lot, right? Like by most people's standards. And it's, you know, I lost 140 pounds 13 years ago. I've done this since then. It's allowed me to manage my weight. So the idea that someone would just say, you can't do this or you can't do that, no matter what it is, right? And not even eating APM. The idea that you can say, well, you can't intermittent fast, it, it will slow your metabolism down. You can't necessarily say that because you've got tons of people who who are successful and, and you can't, there's one thing that you can never argue with science with, and that's someone's subjective feelings, right? Someone's subjective observations. So if someone says, well, science may say this, but here's what I've noticed and it works the best for me. My arguments are muted and done. I, you know, dietitians across the planet are guilty of saying, oh, well, you're wrong. Well, you're not wrong. You've proved it. It works the best for you. You should do it. Does the body take calories that you've consumed at the end of your day as you're winding down and turn it into fat? No. 
there is no Cinderella clock, clock that at the stroke of 12, your body says, oh, I'm sorry, I realize this is midnight. We're going to begin to putting all of this into fat, regardless of what the rest of your composition or your diets look like throughout the day and how much energy you burn. In a 24-hour cycle, if you are not in an energy surplus, you will not gain weight, regardless of what a clock says. Right. And so that's why for 13 years, I've managed to maintain losing 140 pounds and maintained about the same thing, eating six, 700 calories every evening with more than hundred grams of carbs in it. Everything's going to be, you know, particular to the person. So no, the body does not take calories consumed after a certain time. If it does not exceed the person's energy needs and convert it into fat. The second question, is there anything that shows benefits of long periods of fasting? And this will ruffle some feathers. There is some literature that says could be beneficial. And then there's some literature that says doesn't matter. So again, everything I think then boils down to what works the best for you. Because again, it does not matter what's optimal if it is not practical for you. That's very important in every scenario because the thing that always wins is consistency. If you can do something for a couple of weeks, nobody cares. If you can do something consistency consistently for many, many, many years, that's what's going to produce the best results. I will say this. It would be better for you to eat very often, be at a healthy weight for many years than to sometimes fast and sometimes not, and you never change your weight and you have a higher weight than what's healthy for you for a lifetime. The other idea is this idea that the body's recycling bin or taking out the garbage, right? So, you know, the idea is, well, if you have long periods of time where you don't have any food, cells can take out the garbage easier. You're going to somehow live longer. Even the literature on that's mixed, Right. So some of that stuff is the same thing. Some say yes, some say no. But the place that my mind goes, and you can tell me if you feel this way or not, do you want to live to be 130 (laughs) years old? (laughs) And and you got to think too, like, okay, maybe you're alive at 130, but everything else on you is 132. So yeah, maybe you're alive at 130, but maybe you're a diabetic because your pancreas is also 130. Your bones are 130. You can't, you can't walk. You can't do anything you enjoy. Nearly anyone who ever knew you is now dead. Like, do you want that even? It's kind of abrasive, right? But I mean, what do you think? Very abrasive. You also said though that you might get to 60 and let yourself go completely. So you need to remember that on everybody. Maybe not everybody feels the same. No. I think that hearing different, you know, views of this and even at times where I would say was overeating at each meal. I try, you know, or was snacking. Like that's more of a habit of mine is to snack if foods nearby and foods that I like are nearby. Um, I could see this being a, a perk if you do it right, right for you. Meaning I think I've tried it. Meaning I, you know, I had this time was when I was going to eat breakfast. I was going to have a mid morning snack. This was my time for lunch. And I would do that. What gets tricky is when I wasn't hungry when that time came around, I wouldn't eat very much or I would be starving by the time that time came around. And so I think I would overeat or eat way too much. So I wonder how much of people that struggle with this or on the flip side, people that find success with it have found that balance of how much to eat at each meal to where they have appropriate, you know, calorie intake and have a good, healthy weight 
and still feel like they've been nourished. You know what? It's not just about certain times. Cause like you said, sometimes people say, Oh, it's noon. I'm just going to go on a binge, you know? So I could see it being a good habit. If you found the balance for you of how much time do I need in between? What time do I have available? Like you said, there's people that cannot stop at working at noon. So they might have to eat a little bit more in that afternoon snack or whatever. Yeah. I, I would say, and I'm sure there's advantages, right? I mean, there will be people listening to this who like, this is their approach. And that is, that is awesome that you found something, you know, again, it's not to be negative to the approach. It is to say though, for the folks who say, Oh, look, if you're not doing this, you're, you're never going to accomplish what you want. That's not true either. Right. It's not the only way there are so many roads down this and they all lead to the same endpoint. You got to find the road that's going to work the best for you. I will say one big advantage to this is that as, as we get older, our calorie needs become significantly less, right? So clients who work with us that are older, let's just say over 60 or over 65, their calorie needs to see some progress by way of taking weight off are pretty low, right? In a way that if you were eating over long stretches of the day, it doesn't give you much food. Now, that's unfortunate, but it's, tr- it's true, right? You can, you can sort of, you can, you can, you can say, oh, well, that's not fair. And it, it might not be, but th- it still doesn't take away the truth. If you, let's say that your calorie needs are 1500. If you try to put 1500 calories in, in eight hours of time, that's a lot of food. Like that's a decent meal that a person can have. It gives a person the ability to go out to eat with their spouse. It gives the person the ability to have a decent sized lunch. So if you, if you, if you postpone when you eat, it gives you the opportunity, if your calorie needs are really, really low, to have decent sized meals when you do eat. And I've also found that, you know, people in this age group, they tend to not be hungry until later in the day age, age, you know, let's just say over 60, 65 or so. So again, that's where it's just very important that you evaluate what your goals are. What's the easiest for you to stick to? Like for me, I can't wait to get out of bed and eat something. So the idea of waiting until noon, I get up at four in the morning. The idea of waiting until noon is non-negotiable for me. That would never work. I think we kind of agree. And I would guess most level-headed people, um, probably agree too that if it's working for you, if you found appropriate calorie intake, if you're eating nutritious foods, and this is a routine that works for you, why not keep it going? But I know we've talked about as we've, um, I know this isn't probably kids listening to this, but we have talked about raising kids and developing healthy habits. This kind of brings to mind different ways that people go about doing that. And I wonder with children and how it transfers to I guess, adult life, you know, where we eat for our son, I should say he's two and a half, eats four meals a day. He eats a very big breakfast. He eats lunch about four hours later. He eats, you know, maybe three and a half hours, like maybe a small snack. And then he eats dinner before he goes to bed or we might flip those last two meals, but he has two, you know, meals in the, in the evening slash afternoon. Um, but there are some kids that if the parents saw the plate that our son's eating would think, gosh, my kid's going to be so bloated. There's no way they can consume that much food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their child snacks on something probably every one and a half hours, you know, something is coming out of a snack bag or a lunch pail, sometimes very nutritious, but you know, is there, 
something in that you've talked about the habits associated with more snack type food or snack type meals, I should say, you know, doing it more frequently. Is there something to that that's helpful? Yeah. And like, this goes back to working the clinic. Like when I, when I worked at the hospital in the clinic and seeing kids, a lot of kids, a lot of, you know, a lot of pediatric physicians started referring people to us for early onset obesity. And some of these kids like with cholesterol, with fatty liver disease at very young, right. Which is really concerning when you have a kid that's nine years old, has fatty liver disease. And you think about, well, man, this kid might have 70 years left in his life. What's it going to look like? So I have very strong beliefs about how kids (laughs) should eat. My observation was that when a kid developed a pattern in childhood that perpetuated and became their pattern in adulthood, if you, if you have meals that you give a kid breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, or whatever. And they're not just, you know, the kitchen isn't just a free for all where they're revisiting the refrigerator door and they're pulling out a go-gurt and they're, you know, opening cheese sticks and eating all they're, they're doing all of these things all day long. And they get into a pattern of just having structured meals that tends to lead to healthier eating behaviors as an adult. Fasting. Right. right. Well, it's not, it, it's, it is, and that's the problem with naming it, right. Is like, right. <laughs> well, okay. Well, if your window is 10 hours, that might be the only time you're awake and you just eat every four hours. You're not really intermittently fasting. You're just following a pattern. And so whether you have giant chunks of time where you're not eating anything, or you just follow a structured pattern of, okay, I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner and nothing else outside of that that could be very healthy for a person, even if that person's awake for 14 hours. I, I mean, even as a, as a dietitian working in the hospital clinic, there would be times where someone would be very busy. They didn't have access or didn't understand technology. So the logic of tracking something didn't work. I would like this, the plan that we would say would be have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's it. Mm-hmm. Don't drink mochas in between your meals. Don't open, you know, even don't even open a pack of nuts, like a quote unquote healthy snack, just have three structured meals, no calorie intake outside from that. And they lose weight to their healthy weight. So I think, I think patterns, strategy, and habits are as important to look at as what you eat, when you eat and how many hours you are, or aren't eating. You can develop healthy patterns, even in kids. I'll say this too. Like we, we do give him snacks, like we do give him Oreos and peanut M&Ms and ice cream, and we give it as a part of his meals, right? It's not like he's just getting those things while he's riding around in the car, but he's also not being deprived. So it's not like we're sitting there shoving organic lettuce in his mouth all day, and that's all he's eating. He's getting a variety of these different things, which is important. Yet, if we go back to like episode one, that 80-20 rule, most of what he eats, we cook. It's like prepared stuff. It's stuff that's filling. It's good protein. It's good mixture of different things. So you can't just look at nutrition and throw these one-liners out and say, this is the way and the only way. Everything is about what's going to fit you, your personality, your lifestyle, your family, all of those things. So hopefully it was helpful. We'll wrap it up with that. And if you got any questions, you can email us at info at b2pnutrition.com. We would love to um, take those and we'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Make sure that you hit subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes if you're enjoying them. 
reviews are always helpful. You can always send us suggestions or if you've got a, you know, a friend or a family member that you think might enjoy the episode, uh, please feel free to pass it along to them as well. Uh, if you have any questions, like we've said, just send them to info at v2pnutrition.com. We would love to tackle those. Or if you've got show suggestions, questions you want to ask, etc., we'd be more than happy to tackle those. Have a great week, and we will be back with you again soon.